That's good. Today I'm going to mention the name Claire Alexander. Check and check one. Claire Alexander. <laughs> Played for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 1970s. And what does he have to do with the reading? I will share. Now I'm intrigued. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers. This podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGurl. And I'm Dave Mulder. In a book titled Vision of Vocation, Common Grace for the Common Good, author Stephen Garber says, quote, we know in our deepest place how hard it is to keep our eyes open to the complexity of the broken world around us, to keep feeling the pains of a world that is not the way it is supposed to be, and knowing the difficulties, choosing to engage it rather than being numb by it. I really love those words, Dave and Abby, and I sometimes think when I think about this podcast and the three of us sitting around the table and some of the pre-conversation and post-podcast conversation, I I think for myself, it's a way for me to choose to engage the world rather than be Mm -hmm. numbed by it. And so I just come today, I guess, being really thankful for for the three of us and, Mm -hmm. and what it means to me. And if you are new to Hallway Conversations, the general format is that we bring a topic or a question and we circle around it and explore our own thinking. But we also really appreciate getting questions from you, our listeners. So if you have time in the future, please email us or even send us a recording of your question to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. But Dave and Abby, I have a friend whose name might be Justin, who every once in a while sends me the back of a hockey card. Of course he and does. <laughs> totally. It's very random. And there's no picture, and there's no name. And he says to me, who is this? <laughs> and these hockey cards are 30 or 40 from 30 or 40 years ago. And the reason that he sends this to me is because one of the ways I learned how to read was by playing with hockey cards. Mm. Um, and to this day, for whatever reason, I have a photographic memory about absolutely nothing. I couldn't even tell you where my keys are right now, and sadly, that's the truth. <laughs> but I can remember the back of almost every hockey card I've looked at as a kid. I can it's it's scary. Like so he'll send this to me and and all of a sudden I'll look at it and I'll say, uh, Oh, that's Claire Alexander. And did you know Claire Alexander in a 1975 hockey card on the Bay Play for the Toronto Maple Leafs? It says at the bottom, Claire was a milk is a milkman in the summer. I remember that. What? That, that, that hockey card is 40, 45 years old. And I, I still remember, and again, I don't know where my keys are. Formative. Very formative. Seared into your memory. It is seared into my memory. And so he sends me the backs of these hockey cards and... Uh, I, I get every one, and I don't. I'm just saying it's a. And I think partly because those hockey cards were so important to me, yeah. sure, so yeah. important to me that I still I still remember that. Now, I'm sharing that story with you because Abby earlier today you mentioned something about an assignment about a reading biography, and mm-hmm. and as soon as you said reading biography, I right away thought Claire Alexander. <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> That's the association. A hockey player from the 1970s who was a milkman in the summer. Yep. See, and, and, so, and this is interesting because mine is very different. <laughs> I'm shocked to hear this, friends. <laughs> As are all of the students that yeah. are responding yeah. to this assignment. So that's, so I guess that's, so you said that. I thought of Claire Alexander, but it, but we didn't have much time to talk. So I guess I'm just thinking in the context of like, oh, like that shaped me as a reader. Mm-hmm. A one little, you know, mm-hmm. hockey cards. And I'm just wondering, now I'm curious about the assignment because mm-hmm. I've been thinking about my own reading story. Right. And so I'm just wondering, yeah, can you just share a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, so it's the beginning of a semester here. And one of the assignments that our friend Dr. Gwen Mara and I assign in Adolescent and Children's Literature, which is a class that we co-teach to all of our L-Ed majors have to take it. And then um, our secondary, middle and secondary English majors take. Um, And so I kind of focus on adolescent lit and Gwen kind of focuses on children's lit and we co-teach the class together with Mm -hmm. all of these students. And one of the assignments we do early in the semester because our goal is for our students to read a wide variety of books that they could assign and use in their future classrooms. And so they really do have to read a lot. We Mm -hmm. tell them figure on averaging at least a chapter book a week in that class. Which is not insignificant. But it's not. In, it's, on top of all of their other right. homework, and especially if they're not in the habit yeah, right. of reading. And so we always want to get to know the students in our room and what kind of a ask this is for mm. them as mm-hmm. readers. So we have them write a reading biography, mm. which is we have a series of questions that we'd like them to answer in kind of a letter format to us as professors telling us, you know, what was your experience in school of reading? What kind of reader were you? Were you kind of reluctant? Were, did it come easily for you? What did you like to read then? What do you like to read now? What do your reading habits look like now? What do you imagine them to be in the future? And how do you want this class to shape your um, experience with books? And what are you hoping to, like, what are your goals? For, sure, the, yeah. for the semester in this class. And I have been reading them today. Wow. So I was grading, right? Yeah. And I've been reading them, and it's just so interesting to me how different mm. everyone's experiences are. Um, everyone's going to be endorsed, for example, our allied students with the same K-6 endorsement. They can teach in K-6 classrooms, and in every classroom, they're going to teach reading. Yeah, that's and, right. And they all come from a very very different backgrounds in relationship to that and have different starting points and yeah. different endpoints. So it's just I've just been yeah. on my mind yeah. and thinking about that. So so Abby, if I can follow up and just put mm-hmm. you on the spot, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so we know it wasn't hockey cards that Not formed in shape. But if I but if I <laughs> say to you like, hey what what kind of reader yeah. were you? And I maybe are you, but were you if you just look mm-hmm. back Sort of, can you just talk a little bit about what kind of reader you were and and maybe even books that shaped your mm-hmm. experience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good question. So I like quiet. Okay. I, I am an introvert. I'm an introvert. So reading was a lifeline for, for me in a lot of ways, right? Because mm-hmm. I loved, I still, I remember I would find, like I had little hiding spots all over sure. that I would go like read in when I was a kid. One of them, like, I was a small child. I remember reading in my parents' dryer 
with the door open with a flashlight. What? Yeah. Come on. No, That's really a terrible don't. idea. I know, right? Kids, don't try and this at home. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that, right? That's a terrible but, idea. But I remember doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's or fascinating. We camped a lot, and I would be up in my bunk with my little light, right? Like, um, so very much of a refuge for mm. me. I think I got started. My dad used to read to my sister and I. On the couch, right before bed. Different books at different times. We did all the Little House on the Prairie. Oh, yeah. Um, Treasures of the Snow at Christmas. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever read that book, but it's a beautiful story. And um, so things like that. But I, I am, I always tell, I'm an indiscriminate reader. I read genres. I read all genres. Mm-hmm. Um, I read, I rarely put a book down. Oh, yeah. I rarely quit books. Like I, anything yeah. can kind of hold my attention in. Yeah. Yeah. Pull me, and I like a lot of things. That's so, cool. Mm-hmm. Dave, how are you? If I said a reading biography, yeah. sort of what, what drew you in? That's, that, it, this is fascinating for me thinking this through. And I think when I was very small, my mom read to me a lot. Like I have mm-hmm. memories of you know snuggling up with mom and reading mm-hmm. picture books and stuff. And the public library uh, in the town I grew up in in Southern California was a big part of my life mm-hmm. um, for my growing up years. Um, Mine to the too. point, like we yeah. we would go to the library every week, and there was a point um, where my mom had to put a limit to say you can only check out 20 books this week right wow. like that that kind of a thing because we were hauling home so many books right um and so when i was little picture books like bill pete mm-hmm. books the wing ding dilly like those yeah. I, I could i can't recite them right mm-hmm. but i i mean i read them over and over again uh when i started reading chapter books the ramona books from mm-hmm. beverly cleary i loved those ones encyclopedia brown i've read every encyclopedia brown book right um when I got a little bit older, uh, I really got into um, fantasy and science fiction. And so, like, Lloyd Alexander, the, the Book of Three, and The Black Cauldron, things like that, like, that captured my imagination. When I got a little older, I was reading um, a lot of C.S. Lewis and uh, Lord of the Rings. And, you know, like, that that's part of my, my story. So, yeah, like, there, I, I've never had a time in my life that I didn't love reading. Um, it's, it, books have been a very important part of my life. And I joke, this is no joke, I, I, the one time in my life I got mugged. I got mugged one time. I was in middle school. And, oh, my yeah, so many questions. Yeah, I was in middle school. Uh, and, and, like, my, my friend Chris and I were biking back from the library, and we stopped at the Circle K, and uh, some older kids beat us up for our money, basically. But not your right? books. Not our books. <laughs> we took our books home with us, right? Yeah, and so, like, that's part of my story. Yeah. Too. It was like on our way back from yeah. the library. Yeah. We got bugged, right? So yeah. that makes it sound very dramatic. It was mostly like, I would have cried because yeah. I got beat up. Right? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's an interesting thought. And I... I think in schools, we tend to have kids read with purpose so much of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're reading for information. We're trying to read for purpose. And I worry sometimes that that comes at the cost of reading for pleasure. Yeah. I had a student write, I loved reading. I hated book reports. Yeah. Right. Right? I just wanted to read. I I guess for the close out my own story with this, I felt that so acutely after grad school, when I finished my doctorate, um, I had done so much reading for purpose for years there that I just didn't even want to read mm-hmm. and it, it took me like a couple of years to just get back mm-hmm. into because I've always read for pleasure yeah. and and like uh, I didn't even want to and so I found like I can't I can't read nonfiction the way I used to. I used to read a lot of nonfiction, mm-hmm. and now it's like I almost have to have a, a story, a narrative to kind of hook mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, and so I do. Like I read a lot of like spy and spy thrillers and stuff. Tom Clancy, mm-hmm. Dan Brown, and um, anyway, I'm in the middle of a Tom Clancy book right now, and it's oh these gosh. big fat thousand page novels, yeah. you know. And yeah. I, I love that stuff. Very plot driven. Very, totally. Yeah. yeah. I actually like 
plot-driven novels, and I also like to read literary nonfiction as oh, well. Yeah. And so going back and forth and reading a variety, I don't know. Do you go sure. back and forth it, it with depends. what you read? Well, and I say I say I, I don't. I say I don't read nonfiction. That's not true. Like Andy yeah. Crouch's uh, latest book, I highly recommend. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I can't think of the title of it right now. It was it was absolutely amazing. Um, Justin Bailey's book, which we yeah. reviewed at, um, last season. You know, um, mm-hmm. like I do read some nonfiction, mm-hmm. but but yeah, I, I tend towards plot-driven. Yeah. action that's mm-hmm. got to have something that's going to capture my imagination that way mm-hmm. so if so for a question for the both of you if you think about your reading biography as it relates to your elementary school experience or your secondary school experience what what was a I don't, maybe you're even thinking of a specific teacher if i say what did the classroom look like where reading was fun where it happened easily where it was encouraged like and if you're thinking of somebody specific, like, hey, name that to honor them. But but just overall, if you think about your own reading biography, it's like, ah, this was a class where reading, I have a positive memory of reading in that class. Like, what makes it a positive memory? You know, interestingly, I think my reading habits were largely formed outside of classroom okay. experiences. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I think, like... I used to read the classics on my own because I was very curious. Wow. Oh, yeah. Right? I read Little Women in sixth grade, and my teacher, like, didn't believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. That's great. Uh, Yeah. And I remember reading it. I mean, I still love that book. It's a great book. (laughs) And a great movie as well. Because, because you weren't trustworthy in grade six for some reason. Right. Well, I think it was, I think it was just so unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, right. You don't expect twelve-year-olds to typically uh, pick right. up a book like that, right. and, and not I that they can I have a daughter who's like that too. Hey, hey that apple well. didn't fall far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I think I always I liked high school reading because it was a little bit more serious, and it was more mm. of an opportunity to actually read mm. things that I were a little bit above, right? And I. Oh, yeah. We could dig into it and we could analyze a little bit. Like, I obviously, I'm an English major. I loved that kind of stuff. But I think really in college is where I kind of came into a community of like-minded readers and really began to see myself that way as well. So, like, like I'm going to call out Mary Dangler's um, modern novel class, right, where Mm -hmm. it was the first time. I would think I was a sophomore when I took that course, and I was scared to death because I... She had a yeah. reputation about yeah. her, and right? She's that, a great teacher. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, well, for sure. But so I had so much respect for her. And I remember handing in my first, like, analysis and the feedback she gave. Like, I still remember wow. the book. I remember what she said about oh, it, right? Yeah. It was it was there. And I think in college is where I kind of. That was pretty formative it for It was you, formative. For, mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we, yeah. Have, if we have K to 12 teachers, and I'm not just talking English teachers, mm-hmm. but K to 12 teachers who are wondering how do like I want that I want a culture of reading mm-hmm. in my classroom like I want I don't want my classroom to be a place where where reading is either discouraged or that it's always for work or even if it is mm-hmm. for to do a book report yeah, whatever yeah. that looks like what what encouragements would you give to those teachers that, mm-hmm. you know to put you on the spot as the local reading expert but what would you say yeah. I think I'm a reading expert but <laughs> research shows choice voice right um, community so mm-hmm. I think creating a sense of sharing among students allowing them to share what they're reading giving them time to read in class oh yeah as an English teacher I always felt bad when I gave students time to read because I felt like I, in some ways I wasn't doing my job. Yeah. 
Right. But you would never mm. say that to a PE teacher. Right. If they didn't run in class, right. like we expect right. like them to if, practice the if, skill. If right? it's a literature reading classroom, they should be reading right. in class. They mm. should have choice. There should be some sort of reading community because that is what I think mm. motivates people. If you think of any time where someone like you're you're much more likely to pick up a book if someone gives it to you. Oh, yeah. Or Ooh. recommends it. Whoa. Right? <laughs> right? Matt, Matt, you personally are more yeah. likely to pick up a book. I'm just talking about, like, our, yeah. like even yeah. when you come in here and you're like, hey, yeah. what should I read? Yeah. Which right? I, yeah. Which I, which which I is, literally do regularly. Which is a regular part. I have yeah. a book from you in my bag right yeah. now. Yeah. Right? I think, yep. you know, so if you think about that human element has mm. to be there. And I used to have other teachers or other adults come in my room and recommend oh, yeah. books. Yep. Oh, that was one of the most powerful things. So mm-hmm. my last job in K-12, I was the technology director for a local Christian school. My office was right off the library. And so when middle school kids would be in there looking for books, I would always mm-hmm. step out and just talk with yep. them and like, oh, hey, if you like that book, you should read this one next. Mm-hmm. And how often, if I'd recommend a book, the kid would take it with them, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. that's a big deal. The power of that. And being readers as a teacher, it's really important to being a reader yourself and be able to articulate mm-hmm. how that enriches your life yeah. and, yeah. and what we, you're reading. We say that in school leadership, too. Like, le- like leaders are readers. Like, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think mm-hmm. I anticipated that when I first became a school leader. It's like, who has time oh, yeah. to read? In fact, I can remember um, being um, part of a mentoring group, and they gave us a list of 15 things leaders do, and we had to put them in numerical order what do you think is the most important down to the least important and i remember one of them was like reading journals books fiction non-fiction about leadership and i think i put that 14th or 15th like who has time to read right. yeah <laughs> yeah i think all leaders we have to be in the in the have to be in the practice of reading yeah that's good I, I have one more question for, for you is that how does how does your reading biography or how did your reading biography shape your approach to reading in your K to 12 classroom mm. or even in your university classroom. So like, like I think about um, my, you know, sharing about hockey cards that when I taught high school, um, I think I was good with kids bringing in Calvin and Hobbes. Like, oh, really, yeah. because, because my own, but my own biography was like, I just want to read what, what mm. I'm interested in. Yep. Yep. And so I just thought, you know, if, if, if that's where they're at in Calvin and Hobbes or whatever that looks like, um, I'd be like, yeah, I just want you reading and giving and giving time as well. And yeah, I know that I gave tons of flexibility because mm-hmm. I needed that flexibility. Right. So we teach who we are hey, like that really came mm-hmm. came out of that. So I'm just wondering how your own stories mm-hmm. Um, maybe impacted, yeah, your own approach to, to reading in, in your classrooms. That's funny that you say that. So I use picture books quite a bit as a science teacher. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe I've mentioned practice. that on, on the podcast before, but it's amazing. Like even eighth graders like to hear a read aloud. Mm-hmm. I'd say even high schoolers, yep. even oh, college students, absolutely. they like to hear a read aloud. And I would choose, of course, ridiculous books. So my favorite example is when we were talking about the digestive system, my favorite picture book to read was The, the Gas We Pass. The story of farts. And it is marvelous. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And it actually tells you a lot about how your digestive system works. Yeah. And the kids are dying because Mr. Mulder's reading this book about farts yeah. in class, right? But okay, there's actually some serious learning that happens mm-hmm. then. And it gives them a hook that everything else we're going to talk about hangs mm-hmm. back on that hook then, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and I taught high school English, right? So I I remember teaching that that analysis piece. I wanted mm. students to see how cool 
it is to oh, think yeah. deeply yeah. about yeah. author's message, to think how does this relate to yeah. what we've learned, how does he weave words, how does style fit into this, right? I love all of that. So I used to teach Life of Pi to all of my yeah. seniors. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. which is a demanding it, text. It's a demanding text, but it's also incredibly intriguing. Oh, it's mm-hmm. such a good, st- it's a great It's a great story. story. Yeah. You want it, like, it, the plot moves, but yet it's literary yeah. complexity. Yep. Yeah. And so, like, to, to try to hook them on that, like, yeah. oh, like, it has something yeah. to, there, there's something deep here, and right. there's something to get here besides just a plot, mm-hmm. which is which is always really fun for yeah. me yeah. to see. Yeah, it just makes me, just makes me think about, um, yeah, like, I think I shared a little bit about that, like I said, with hockey cards and then, and fun books, but it also makes me realize as, like, as a school principal, I would try to read the book Wonder to the grade sixes mm-hmm. every oh, year. Or yeah. different. And just as, so even as a school leader, I think there's ways to model mm-hmm. that. And I think mm-hmm. it was, for me, it was a bit selfish. It was like, how do I build relationship with students in the school? Yeah. Yep. And one of the ways was just read, like reading out loud. And mm-hmm. I think like you said, right, like everybody loves a good story. And now I even have it as a dad. I, I have a daughter in high school and I, I don't read to her anymore, but she's actually reading to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she has this book. Oh, it's one of my favorite books that I said, would you ever read, would you, you want to read it to me? And she said, yes. And I was surprised that she, mm-hmm. oh, we're on two page 200 of this book that she absolutely loves yeah. and has read multiple times and is just getting such delight in sharing it with yeah. me, and so it just it makes me yeah, just makes me think there's different ways that's to fabulous do, to do those to cool. do those read alouds. Friends, we know your time is valuable. And we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway today. Thank you for the good God delighting work that you're doing in your communities, and we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of this week. And as we send you into this day, we want to send you with a blessings blessing. So to our listeners whom we're so thankful for, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out, and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends. A sign we coach. Quote- I didn't get that. Thanks, <laughs> Siri. Okay. The key word is plot driven. Plot driven. <laughs> oh, man.